InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. What's it take to get more women running America's top companies? One woman who's made it to the top has some answers for us, and she shares her ideas with InfoTrack's Taryn McCall. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. Our guest on InfoTrack has a long list of credentials and personal success, and she wants to share those with you. Marshawn Evans is an entertainment attorney, Miss America finalist, contestant on The Apprentice, founder of ME Unlimited, and president of Edge 3M Sports and Entertainment, to name but a few. Welcome, Miss Evans. Thank you for having me. You're also the author of a new book called Skirts in the Boardroom, A Woman's Survival Guide to Success in Business and Life. Tell me how you got that title. Well, Skirts in the Boardroom was something that I had actually been speaking on as a speaking topic at corporations around the country. And to me, the word skirts is unique because it really exemplifies the progression of women. Skirts was originally a term that we would be referred to in a derogatory sense, but now it's something that is empowering. And we have changed our role in corporate America, and I think that the progression of the word skirts is kind of perfect, representing that kind of progression. You're obviously very comfortable with competition. Very. You've been involved (laughs) with your whole life. Do you think most girls are still raised to shy away from competition? I do, and actually studies show that men are naturally more competitive and they have a more competitive style of leadership, a more competitive style of communication, and on the converse, women are traditionally more cooperative in the way that they develop as women. So we naturally are not designed to be competitive. However, I do think that we can learn from the guys, in a sense, and learn from being involved in competitive industries on how that is a business asset. I don't think that women are encouraged to go into competitive industries. They're not encouraged to go into business. They're not encouraged to go into finance. They're not encouraged to go in particularly male-dominated industries. So there is a challenge in helping women to understand that these are areas that they can play in and do very well. But we also have to understand, as women, mentoring other women, that there are some inherent differences. Just to give you one quick example, when you think about being a child and you're selecting your friends, young boys, they will pick their friends based off of who runs the fastest, who throws the farthest, and that's how they choose their circle of friends. And they do it based off of competition. Girls, however, will choose their friends based off of wanting to maintain relationships and make sure everyone feels included. And so we naturally start off a little differently in terms of how we develop. What are some recommendations you might have for women to get in that game? Well, the first thing is to understand how you're wired. You have to understand what your gifts are, and I call it your tags, your talents, abilities, gifts, and skills. And I think it's very difficult to be competitive, to be considered viable for rising up the corporate ladder, to be a leader in your industry or in your marketplace if you don't even know what you're really good at. So the first thing is to do a self-assessment and understand what are my skills, what is it that makes me different, and then you have to brand yourself once you know what you're good at. And branding is not just about knowing where you want to be, it's also understanding how people perceive you. So knowing your skills, being able to leverage your skills by branding yourself, and not diluting that at all throughout the process either. So I always say, first of all, start with internally. Know who you are, know what you have to offer, and then see what makes you different in the marketplace. 
I'd read that most MBAs these days are awarded to women. Yes. And if that's the case, why are we seeing more women in corporate boardrooms? Women are starting to outnumber men in professional schools, such as getting MBAs and getting law degrees and so forth. The unique thing, though, is that women are not encouraged to go in those industries. I know when I went to law school at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C., I was considering applying for the joint degree program to get my JD and my MBA. Now, mind you, I'm already a student, accepted at Georgetown, one of the most competitive schools to get into in the country. And as I'm sitting through this orientation about the joint degree program, the dean of admissions, I mentioned to him that I'm considering the joint degree of JD and MBA. And he says, well, I don't know about that for you. He goes, the MBA program is for serious business minds. In that moment, it made me realize that women are still not perceived as leaders in the business world. That is still a perception that we have to change. Now, it will change, I think, eventually, and we're forcing that change because numbers are just too big to ignore right now. Even women small business owners, the numbers that women are starting to demonstrate in terms of ownership, that's increasing as well. And so we'll start to see a different level of representation in the boardroom. There's still a perception issue that I think we deal with, and it's changing. Going back to something you mentioned earlier about men and women having a different approach to working together, knowing that networking is so important in the corporate world and knowing that men and women communicate differently and operate differently on the ground, how can women really work around or with that system? Is there a trick to breaking into the old boys' network? There is, and networking is really critical. First of all, it's important to understand what networking is and what networking is not. A lot of times I think people assume that networking is just going to an event to meet people and even in doing so to figure out what is it that I can get out of this situation. And I think about networking in the sense of really digging your well and filling it before you get thirsty in the sense that you want to provide something and offer something to somebody else before you ask for something in return. And it's almost like making deposits before you ask for a withdrawal. If I want to cash in, so to speak, on a network or a contact that I have, then I need to make sure that that person knows me. I need to make sure that that person has a good relationship with me. And if I've already done something for another person or offered my services or my advice or my assistance or been of some help to them, then I'm going to be in a much better position to ask for some Thing later, And to me, that's what really makes a rich network. It's not just about who you know or how many people you know. It's about who knows you and what they say about you. And keeping in contact. Keeping in contact. And the great thing about living in the society that we do now is we have Web 2.0 technology, which enables networking to take on a whole other level with social networking online. And so having blogs, having social networks that you can join. I hire a lot of my vendors for my company online. There are certain people that work for me that I've never met before, and it makes it more efficient and cost-effective. And I recommend a couple of things. Number one, join a social network. There's one that I advocate for very strongly. It's called AMightyRiver.com. It's a professional social networking site that you can not only join and create a great profile, but you can connect with other people in your industry in a very targeted, specific manner and get the help that you're looking for for your business. And second, I also invite women in particular to connect with me online and submit questions to me. And you can visit me at skirtsintheboardroom.com and, and you can meet with other women who are trying to find the right career path and break through the glass ceiling as well. The current economic reality is causing many older women to find themselves back in the job search pool competing for jobs with younger people, men and women. So what advice would you have for the older job seeker? I go back to knowing your brand. Your brand doesn't change with age. 
you can mature with your brand, but it can always be relevant if you make yourself relevant to the marketplace. And there's always a market for great talent and top talent and experienced talent. And so I say, just think about, you know, what makes me different when you think about your brand. Think about what helps me to add value. When times are tough and the economy is where it is right now, what will make the difference is people who add value to a situation. And so you need to think about what is it that I provide that nobody else in the marketplace can do. And everybody has a DNA, a type of imprint that is different than everybody else's. You need to not only understand your differences, monetize it, understand what value you add to a corporate environment or to any environment, and go in in your interviews, go in even if you're within a company and you're looking to still grow, go into your boss and use that as your talking point. Start with value. Marshawn Evans is our guest. She's author of Skirts in the Boardroom, A Woman's Survival Guide to Success in Business and Life. And thank you for being with us today thank on you. InfoTrack. For InfoTrack, I'm Taryn McCall. Next, when teens run away from home, life can turn brutal. What parents and children need to know, coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this.